0: Hello, everybody. This is Charles with the Barbershop Group Podcast, and I'm here with Dr. Reginald Cunningham for tonight's episode of Portraits of Men. And uh, Dr. Reginald Cunningham, of course, is a licensed therapist coming out of uh, DC, Maryland area. Always good to have him on the show, uh, adding some wisdom wisdom to my crazy questions, because you guys know I'll ask a lot of crazy questions. Just come up with this. Woo! Yeah, let's think about that. But uh, yeah, man, tonight we're going to jump into a, a heavy topic, as uh, Dr. Cunningham has said, it's kind of heavy, and I don't know how deep it'll go, and I don't know how much we'll be able to cover in a short period of time, but we at least want to have the conversation because we know that women are having the conversation publicly, and men, well, we're having the conversation, but we're doing it privately, and guys, I got to tell you, you got to get out the boat right now, okay? Yeah you need to be the figurative Peter and see that man out there walking out there on the water and you gotta get out the boat and you gotta walk on it too. Stop being scared, we're gonna jump in. Tonight we are talking about toxic masculinity. We're talking about good, bad masculinity. We're also talking about some differences that nobody seems to be discussing. Differences between white Anglo-Saxon understandings of masculinity and toxic masculinity and black or non-white understandings of toxic masculinity and good masculinity, all right? We're also going to be talking about those understandings as it pertain to as they pertain to patriarchy because I think that we're missing something, right? So doc, how are you doing tonight? I am well, Charles. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> you already know it yeah yeah i think it's gonna be a good one so listen you know dr cunningham you know it i'm all for good expressions all types of expressions of manhood and masculinity Mm -hmm. i don't Mm -hmm. i don't frown on anything i'm like hey i'm interested let's see what they're talking about right Mm like i I gotta tell you i'm seeing something happening right now and i'm a little bit concerned and i'll tell you what it is it seems to me that the same way that um with a feminist movement a lot of black women who are feminists right they say they feel left out when people are talking about feminism and women's rights and advancement in egalitarian societies and what have you i feel like um when it comes to masculinity and toxic masculinity this conversation feels really anglo-saxon man Hmm. okay it feels very whitewashed all right now let me be clear I don't necessarily mean that in a completely bad way. I think mm-hmm. that I think that white American culture, white Anglo-Saxon culture needs to consider toxic masculinity and good and bad and ugly and what it's done to society, right? If it's done anything. Mm-hmm. But I also think that we need to be clear about where and when it's appropriate and how it may or may not impact other than that particular group okay so um you know i i think that uh, you have a lot of individuals who are writing men who are writing about the me too movement men who are speaking up about the me too movement um, and that's good that's very good but i know that there are a lot of black men in america who are kind of feeling like oh wait wait a minute well, where do i fit in this you know if you've got people saying patriarchy is bad well it's like well wait a minute where do I fit in this? It doesn't seem like we're driving the conversation a lot or even a part of the conversation. I don't know, maybe that's just me.
1: You know, I I am totally not against the feminist movement. I'm actually very much for the feminist movement, but I think sometimes even that has the tendency to get distorted in a way that that automatically paints men in a negative light, Mm -hmm. automatically across the board. Um, and that whole idea of this whole idea of toxic, toxic masculinity actually becomes the forefront of, of, I guess, traditional or normal behavior that's
0: expected, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to date, when it comes to toxic masculinity, as I was saying, I see a lot of white people who are writing about it, I see a lot of white women writing about it. I see white men writing, or let me be clear, I see a lot of white women writing in favor of, of addressing toxic masculinity. I see a lot of white men, uh, a, more white men who are writing in favor of addressing it. I see a number of white men who are saying, no, it's a little bit more to it, you know, than the shorthand that we're using. I'm seeing a lot of what are called conservative white women coming from Christian backgrounds and what have you saying. "No." masculinity isn't bad. That's not what we're looking at. It's actually the lack of max masculinity. That's bad. Uh, I'm seeing some black women who are really uh, interested in men having a different type of conversation and what have you, but I'm not seeing a lot of black men and I don't want to include Terry Crews right now. we talk. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know, we realize what happened to Terry Crews. And uh, I think that a lot of people are just idiotic for bashing Terry Crews, but I want to bring yeah. it down to a level. Um, I don't think that, I don't, I don't think that every aspect, first of all, I think that the words toxic masculinity is bad shorthand, okay? It's extremely
1: bad yeah. shorthand.
0: Yeah, and, and so I will kind of express my view about why I think it is, and then we'll turn it over to you. Um, I say that it's bad shorthand, Dr. Cunningham, because with the work that I've done over the years, toxic masculinity if you drill it down and you kind of peel it back now you're looking at something that's more akin to toxic shame right generally Mm -hmm. speaking Mm -hmm. right and you have done a lot of work with toxic shame um i think that toxic shame covers more of what we're talking about with regard to toxic masculinity than the words toxic masculinity I think that once we start using the words toxic masculinity, now we are willing to alienate American culture as a a broad uh, thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And and just using it in a political way to say, okay, look, those men right there and what those men have done, that's wrong. And Mm -hmm. not really going back and saying, Hey, wait a minute. It was a complete family system and an environment. Whole groups of people, not just mm-hmm. one gender, that help create this shame-based environment and these shame-based people. So that's my thoughts mm-hmm. on it. What are your thoughts? Why do you say well, it's shorthand?
1: I, I mean, I, I think that when you automatically attach toxic to anything, it's instinctive. It's immediately thought of as something totally negative, and that that word becomes normalized across the masses of of men Mm. is the reason why I think so. Uh, You know, I I often say we really got to be careful with the words that we use and the the words that we form to express or define a certain group of people or a certain type of behavior, you know, toxic, that's automatically saying you're bad.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so here's what I've heard some people say, they say, well, here are two glasses of water, right? Mm-hmm. one glass of water is dirty the other glass of water is clean okay or maybe three glasses of water. you got a you got an empty glass you have clean glass of water you got a dirty glass of water if you put dirty water into the clean glass now of water then it makes that water dirty um mm-hmm. you know if you were looking at these glasses of water you wouldn't say for example all the water's dirty because you got a glass of water that's got it's clean water inside of it. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's gonna, you know, say that whole glass of water is bad. But they'll look at this other glass of water that's got the dirty water and say, okay, that's the dirty water, that's the toxic water right there. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm all for that. I understand that completely. I get that. What I struggle with is this. There is much more to toxic masculinity than gender. Okay. And that's the thing that I think that's one of the reasons why I urge people to look at toxic shame mm-hmm. and not this, uh this, this two bit word toxic masculinity. Okay. And to me, right. It's just me. I almost feel like, um, because people couldn't really handle just how deep toxic shame is, then they're just like, you know what, we're kind of pissed off at these guys. We're upset with some stuff that some men are doing. So bam, toxic, toxic masculinity where shame again is going to be much broader. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Everybody's become a toxic masculinity expert. Well, you can't become a toxic shame expert overnight. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at you all. And, and, you know, the toxic, the toxic shame piece is going to have you looking at family systems over a long period of time, looking at everybody involved.
1: Well, the problem with even with toxic shame is that nobody talks about shame. Nobody wants to talk about shame. You know, right. because it it does not it does not portray you um, as 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 I guess a, a normal person. You know, we never right. talk about shame, and right. I I'd be willing to bet you there are more people today walking around with some form of shame that probably was 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 birthed back when they were uh, growing up.
0: Mm. You know, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah, and I I think that is. True. You know, even when I looked at some of the bullet points of toxic masculinity, and then I started pulling up um, all of the other work on toxic shame, I was like, wait Mm -hmm. a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) You all just skipped a few chapters in each book, and then said, okay, here we go. Now this applies to men. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: the truth of it is, this applies to humans. It 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 definitely does across the board. Yeah, you
1: know, yeah. This no one is no one is immune from it.
0: Right, you know. I remember I was reading a story. I was reading a story, and uh, one of the guys he was saying, you know, a lot of people are looking at toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity, and thinking that there are all these men who just came together to form this men's society. And, uh, you know, there are whole families that have been void of men who have produced toxic men. Absolutely. Right. They produce toxic men. And well, how do we address that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so and that's an example of, I think, something that's being left off the table by the white perspective Necessary, okay, sometimes is that. The white perspective doesn't look at the family system where men are not even present.
1: No, not at all, because that's not their norm. You know, because it's not it, their it's, norm. It, right. I mean, hist- historically, I mean, they're from two parent homes.
0: Right. Right, yeah, absolutely. Where you're talking about in the African American community, um, out of, out of wedlock birth rate being somewhere around 70 plus uh percent. Same. Now, mm-hmm. we know that later on in life, women come you know near 35 36 years old. Now, people are starting to get married, uh, later in life. Some of these women mm-hmm. are, some of these men are, but they are everybody's marrying and they're marrying into, uh, what do you call it? What's the word? You've got these families, uh, joint families. What is the word I'm looking for? Blended. Blended for, thank you doc, blended families. Um, So a lot of people who are marrying later, they're marrying into blended situations and what have you, which could create other complications. We won't get into all of that right now. But that's something that's being left off the table is, You cannot paint all of these men with a broad brush. Don't paint any men with broad brushes. And I think that's the other part about toxic masculinity is it almost does the opposite of what it's intended to do, right? Mm -hmm. When we say we want um, men to come out of their shells, we want men Mm -hmm. to be uh, more expressive, more individualistic, just to kind of find your own path and stuff like that. Right. This is great. No problem with that. But what happens when I or another man, I find, we find our own paths and they don't agree with the perspectives that people have who are in favor of speaking about toxic masculinity.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see? It, yeah. You know, I I think a a lot of times, you know, we just misconstrue masculinity um, and toxic masculinity, again, is good and bad, you know. Um, But when, when, when you start to normalize that toxicity of masculinity, it becomes pretty ingrained in our society. And, and that's the way that we're looked at, you know, why can't yeah. I, why can't I just, you know, express myself as being a strong person as being a competent person or right. even emotionally controlling my emotions, you know, that's being masculine. That's not necessarily being toxic or stoic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. Cause one, uh, one article that uh, I looked at earlier uh, it said an ex Navy SEAL um and i want to say his name is jocko willink uh is his mm-hmm. name jocko willink and uh thankfully i want to give a give a shout out to one of our um one of our followers on instagram mason jar uh mason jar if you are out there man listening to this thank you very much for sending us that article it was a great article. And uh, we know that you are serving in the uh, United States Armed Forces, man. So salute to you. We thank you for your service. And uh, again, like I said, thank you for that article. It was great. So Jocko Willing wrote an article, um, and it was like called the mask. I think the the toxic masculinity, the, the dichotomy of being a man. So there are good points and there are bad points to uh, traditional manhood. And he was just trying to get everybody to understand. Um, that it's not black and white, okay? No, that not at all. That the stoicism that one person thinks is bad, uh, you may need that stoicism when it comes to doing business uh, of some sort. And I like to think of this. I know that we have a lot of female followers, right? Who are entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? I want to talk about ag- uh, aggressive behavior. Mm-hmm. You cannot. You cannot be an entrepreneur if you don't have a go get it attitude you better believe it okay sometimes sometimes a cutthroat (laughs) attitude you you gotta have a cutthroat (laughs) attitude yeah i don't care if you're a man or a woman right i'm coming from corporate america myself i don't care if you're a man or a woman if you don't step into that boardroom like you are ready and you mean business okay Mm -hmm. somebody Mm -hmm. somebody's gonna 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 have your tail no no doubt right Somebody's going to have your tail. If you show up to work tomorrow and you know that you've done everything for the company, you've hit the numbers, you've exceeded the numbers, you've trained all Mm -hmm. of these people, you've bent over backwards for uh, this company, you're not just going to lay down and say, oh, if I'm aggressive or if I make a point or a stand, they're going to consider me toxic. So let me just. Right. No, that's not what you're going to do. Right. (laughs) No, you see, you're gonna go in there and you're gonna go in there and handle your business you're gonna go handle your business and Jocko willing talks about that he's like hey yeah these are these have been some of the traditional understandings of who men have been that i think we um overlook i got one for you doc you know as much as i hate to talk about colonialism and i, I hate some of the, the negative aspects of the negative consequences of exploration that other people have been subjected to. So if you talk about Europeans coming to the United States or what was, in, you know, mm-hmm. the, the new world and what have you, uh, mm-hmm. they did some awful things to people. Right. Yes. And, and we still see the consequences of those awful things that um, that they've done. Okay. But, but at the same time, if those guys didn't have a hungry attitude, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have explored mm-hmm. anywhere they wouldn't have gone. If you want to talk about the African, the, uh, the African, uh, tribesmen who now we're learning, sail to different parts of the Americas early on, right? Before Europeans thought that anybody had done it. These Mm -hmm. men, these men had to be about it. They had to be about that life. (laughs) Okay. They had to, yeah, they had to go get it. Okay. You can't be even today, even today, They talk about masculinity. You couldn't have been a hunter back in the day and just kind of been like, oh, I'm just passive. I'm a passive hunter. (laughs) Your family wouldn't have got fed. Yeah, no doubt about it. Your your family, now, now I'm gonna speak to it from a black American male standpoint, okay? And maybe you can identify with this. (laughs) Doc, how many women are waiting for black men to show up in their families? Every single day all of them, are waiting for them to show up. Waiting for them to show up, right? Yeah, to to show up, to take care of. Okay, Black women are sitting there going, wait a minute. Do I have to continue to do everything myself? Do I have Mm -hmm. to get the kids ready by myself? Mm -hmm. Do I have to go shop at the grocery store by myself? Do I have to pay the bills by myself? Do I have to look after the family by myself? Do I have to be by myself?
1: you know I I, I, I I have a patient right now who uh you know who, who's actually really doing her thing as far as uh expanding her her, um, her her business and she's dating someone who is just marginally making he seems just to be to be content with what's going on in his life you know, mm-hmm. and she's about ready to cut him loose because she's given him chance after chance to start right. showing up in that relationship, and he just has yeah. not done so
0: he's not showing up you see no and and so and so to be clear yes guys we're not saying that there are no bad aspects of male behavior that boys have been boys in some regards it's been bad Mm -hmm. for society there's there's no doubt about that but Mm -hmm. we're also trying to get you the listener to consider that there are different cultural understandings of boys will be boys and um and, and different cultural understandings of good, bad masculinity and toxic masculinity. Okay. Um, I want you to think about this for a moment that in America, while white men were having their way with white women, black men were being persecuted, were being maimed, were being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Emmett Till. Let's go there. Those black men were being hung. They were being what's the word Brutalized. and they were, they were yes, okay. yes. Okay. For, for, for barely approaching the situation that a white guy was approaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. To be clear. And if some of you haven't heard a lot of our podcasts, I want to tell you about an instance where when I was managing, um, uh, a store for, for, uh, for a retailer here in America, right. Um, I had to have a conversation with a subordinate who was caught on camera doing frittage. He was caught on Mm. camera touching not one, two women inappropriately. Mm. All right. And you know, my former employer did not do anything but an investigation. They let him slide out for a minute. They talked to me about it. They talked to the women. He didn't get terminated. He didn't get anything. Okay. And this was a white man okay Mm -hmm. older white man all right Mm -hmm. now i can tell you that three years prior working for the same company i platooned at a location and as soon as i got to the location one of my superiors called me and he said hey don't let this particular kid come into the building if you see him lock the doors because uh he has some sexual issues with some folks and i I took it for face value. I was like, okay, I'm going to protect what I'm supposed to protect. That's part of my job. And then as I spent more time around those other people who were working for me, Dr. Cunningham, and I began to do some investigation, some research, I learned that those girls were also saying inappropriate things to this young man. And Mm -hmm. that these were people Mm -hmm. who went to school with each other. They hung out with each other. They went to the drug parties together. They did all of this stuff together. He was the one that lost his job, had the police called him and everything. He was an African-American man. Not surprised. So we got to be exact when we're talking about toxic masculinity, good, bad behavior, and what have you. Now, let me also point out this. And I, I have a question for you, Doc i am not saying to you that african-american men are saints dr cunningham on average (laughs) here we go on average when you see your clients on a percentage how many of your clients have complaints about something uh, about the actions of an african-american male just percentage-wise
1: If I had to just lump those patients that do report something like that, it's almost 100%.
0: Point made. (laughs) (laughs) Point
1: made. Yeah. When I extract just those patients who come in with complaints about something happening, it's yeah, it would have to be just about 100%.
0: Yeah. So that in and of itself says, we're not great. We're not saints. I'm not telling you guys to give us a pass what I'm saying to you is look at some of the differences and be very careful how you measure what you're hearing and seeing, okay? How you Mm -hmm. measure what you're hearing and seeing. So that leads me to this, Dr. Cunningham, we know that they're talking about toxic masculinity. And like I said, for the sake of this conversation, I'm calling it toxic masculinity, although I don't call it that in my private life. I just Mm -hmm. say that, you know what? Um, it's unacceptable behavior, right? Like, um, right. it's, it's toxic shame if you want to go there, but mm-hmm. they also talk about patriarchy. They talk about patriarchy mm-hmm. being bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know doc, but you're a black man. I'm a black man. I can check into being a black man. <laughs> <laughs> um, patriarchy. Um, uh, uh I don't know. Like, I'm a little confused right now because how do we how do we talk about a patriarchy where it hasn't existed the same way?
1: And you're talking about in our community. That's right, in our culture. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's it, it's very difficult to, to to really have that that informed uh, conversation because you know there's so many um, men that are missing from from families. Mm-hmm. You know, first and foremost. And then when you've got uh, you know, we were talking earlier, when you got this this mother or this grandmother uh trying to um uh, teach a young boy how to be a man, they send these these negative signals to them, you know, uh, you know, about taking care of the family, or I need you to I need you to uh to 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 to, to, to you know to to be a man, you know, because you're the man of the family now, you know, right. or some things like that
0: yeah 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 um I, and it's and it's not just about um there's no patriarchy because african-american men are missing it's also about this let me see if i can put it together right um it's that one of the points that they make about patriarchy and talking about the negative aspects of it is they talk about um uh, Uh, inheritance and stuff like that being passed down through the father and Mm -hmm. uh, taking the father's last name and the father leaving the child money and stuff like that. Now, black women, if y'all are out there listening right now and you got kids and your, your husband or your baby's father is deceased now or something like that, I don't mean to be insensitive, but really how many men are leaving Legacies behind for their children <laughs> in the African American community. If that was the case, guys, we wouldn't have GoFundMe's every time somebody,
2: every somebody time dies. somebody
0: needs, every time somebody dies and needs burial, yep. we wouldn't be on GoFundMe and on Facebook trying to raise money. If it was really about patriarchy and he had a legacy to leave, okay, yeah. that's the first thing. And then the second thing, Doc. Let me ask you this: Right when it comes to the naming of children. When we talk about mm-hmm. patriarchy mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you, but I know when I had my children, right? The doctor didn't even ask me what my name was. The doctor didn't ask me if I was the dad. they didn't mm. say, "Do you want to sign the birth certificate?"
1: <laughs> wow,
0: okay, and that happens a lot that happens a lot,
1: <laughs> you know. Uh- and it's really unfortunate that you even you have to say something like that because I'm I'm assuming what you're saying is that they're not just going to assume that you're the father.
0: Mm-mm. No, absolutely not. Absolutely wow. not. So so what I'm saying is, who is exerting patriarchy among us? Yeah. Wow. You see who's really mm-hmm. who's really doing that. Okay, you can if you go into an elementary school where you have a lot of African American children today and look at their last names, a lot of these children won't have the last names of their fathers. Hmm. Okay, they won't have the last names of their fathers. Some of them do, but not all of them do. Okay, so when we talk about patriarchy being bad, again, it's is it bad for everybody? How can you gauge it where it hasn't existed? Yeah. Okay. Now, if you want to talk about the absence of patriarchy in the African-American community and the negative impact of the absence of patriarchy, now maybe you got a conversation because now what you're saying is it's the absence of fathers. It's the absence of legacies. It's the absence of financial literacy and long money being passed down. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. It's the absence of family tradition of any sort. Okay, Uh, good anyway. So that's something to think about. I don't know. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know. So listen, guys, you all are listening to uh, myself, and I'm here with Dr. Resinal Cunningham, licensed therapist out of Maryland, D.C. if you want to get in touch with Dr. Cunningham, you can email Dr. Cunningham at uh, reginald at org. You can follow him on Instagram and on Facebook. If you are in the Maryland and D.C. area, uh, please feel free to reach out to him. Uh, we'll have his website up on the um, On the uh, in the show notes and uh, give them a call give them a call very wise very laid back I always enjoy talking to him and being able to just express a whole lot of ideas and We know that some of these ideas may rub you the wrong way Uh, it's intended to these ideas are intended to we don't want to paint a picture of a fantasy man anymore I think that that's also Something that toxic masculinity wants to try to you know that the ideas are or I guess maybe addressing toxic masculinity, they wanna try to address this, uh, this man who's just been cookie cutter, uh, hasn't really been transparent or expressive in, in certain regards. But if you want somebody to be expressive, then you gotta accept all of his parts and not just a piece of them, okay? Not just a piece of them. So sitting in front of me, Dr. Cunningham, I also have an article um mm-hmm. that talks about jonah hill um the movie that jonah hill <clears throat> put out late last year but late last year i think it was called what super bad or something like that um yeah super bad super
1: bad isn't masculinity
0: yeah yeah super bad isn't masculine so so i i think that the uh the movie itself was only called super bad and then this yeah uh, somebody yeah, okay. wrote an article called gotcha. uh, Dear Jonah Hill, The Problem with Superbad Isn't Masculinity. Right, okay. Um, so so Jonah Hill, originally, he was very happy to put this movie out. He was just trying to paint a picture of what life was like for skateboarding kids in the 80s, 90s, kind of what life was like for him. And um, he was on a few radio shows, and he was on The Breakfast Club and a few other places talking about the movie as you go around and promote And uh, some people had some flack for him. They were like, yo, man, like, uh, how do you, how did you get away with making a movie like that today? And he was like, dude, uh, I'm just showing you what life was like during the time that we grew up. Like Mm -hmm. some of that stuff wouldn't be okay today, but we can't just go back and erase it because now people are becoming aware of a different way of being, right? So." this particular article was written by a woman and i i think it's interesting because women who are writing um to defend traditional masculinity they don't make friends within the feminist community do they (laughs) no not at all (laughs) all. (laughs) they don't make friends at all man they like hey you know they do not like women who defend traditional masculinity but this particular article was really good um it, it was long and we'll try to include a link for it uh for you guys to read it and basically you know what she's saying is hey every aspect of 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 traditional masculinity isn't bad and she no. he was saying that in every community in every culture around the world you need these men to help protect your society
1: you see? That's the key to, to to that's the key to it all, right there. I mean, the masculinity uh-huh. that's what we're that's
0: what we're 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 expected to do is to protect the family, to protect the community. Yeah. Even now, even now, as we talk about the Me Too movement, even now as we talk about the Me Too movement, we're asking men to step up to protect. Yeah. Okay. Not just women, but everybody. Right. Everybody. We're not asking women to protect everybody. Gillette is asking men to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I understand why. Men have also done some heinous things. So it's like, yo, let's, let's correct that behavior. But at the end of the day, if this country were to go to war tomorrow, if this country, not go to war, I think that's the wrong language to use. If this country were to be invaded tomorrow, mm-hmm. What's the uh, expectation? Who? Yes. Who is that's the expectation. You're going to expect mm-hmm. for these Hey, aren't you going to go get something or who are, who are you going to let walk through our door like this? Mm-hmm. Okay? All right? You know, one of the things that I,
1: that I liked about this article, Charles, not to cut you off is that, you know, she she talked about, yeah, there are men who do bad things, but there are just as many women who do bad things either and they get a pass.
0: They, you're right. The women who do bad things too, they get a pass. They get yeah. a pass. It's, they're not, not. They're not put under that
1: umbrella of toxic femininity. You know. Right.
0: When I was in uh, working in a residential treatment facility, working in in a house full of girls, we had to read so much about toxic girls. Um. Mm. I want to say there there are like these books called Odd Girl Out, and then there's Odd yeah. Girl Out Two, which came from somebody I knew who went to Vassar, had a chance to meet her. Um. A great book that she wrote talking about her experience and some other girls' experience, and just how evil girls can be to each other, right mm-hmm. and I mean you see it today among women, or you're seeing the result of it every time you get on social media there's <laughs> some, there <laughs> there's somebody out there in the community who identifies as a woman who is saying, Hey, can we stop tearing each other down? Yeah. I mean you look at the look
1: at the behavior of some of these these reality shows. I know you know a lot of it is is scripted, but a lot of that stuff is is actually real. And these women are are demonstrating that same toxicity that men do.
0: Yeah, ain't no doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Yeah, that's why I like to just focus on humans, Doc. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people um, like to to talk under their breath about the barbershop group and us focusing on all men and not a specific group and me and my humanist thoughts and what have you. But I'm just like, look, you're going to be found to be hypocritical if you try to label yourself and live out according to that label on everything because guess what you're going to do? You're going to be found mm-hmm. to be human. You're going to be found mm-hmm. to be human in a minute. <laughs> okay somebody's going to see something and it's like okay now explain that and either yeah. you're going to either you're going to accept your 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 uh your hypocrisy and your humanness or your your ego is going to kind of jump out there and you're going to try to defend all of it you see mm-hmm. and so in my opinion which you know, i rarely like to give opinions like this but in my opinion um while i think that there are aspects of masculinity that we need to address I also think that there are two powerful egos at battle here. And that's the, oh, no doubt. the collective feminine ego mm-hmm. against the collective masculine, the masculine ego. ego. Yeah. You see? And that's something that nobody wants to talk about except for like people like Eckhart Tolle, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And folks are like trying to live a life that Eckhart Tolle is talking about where you just deal with that pain body stuff, get rid of that. Right, you know, right. See? But I think that that's what we see really truly happening is folks are like oh i'm of this gender let me step up and be with these people even Mm -hmm. if that person is making a bad decision or doing something wrong
1: so so let me ask you a question charles do you think that men are adopting to the feminist way of uh, of thinking you know with them wanting to somewhat you know rid society of the notions of you know of being a real man is to take care of the family make most of the money and the women are to to be the you know the more uh, uh subservient ones do you think, think that that's changing yeah i think i think so in our community
0: yeah i think some of change i think some of it needs to change not honestly mm-hmm. um but i think that some of it's changing in a bad way so let me give you an example of something that i think is great Black women, y'all are doing a great job of getting out in corporate America, at least much better than black men are, okay? Absolutely, yeah. Corporate America is stressing y'all the hell out, and I get it, Yeah. okay? But y'all are having an easier time than black men in corporate America today, straight up, okay? More of y'all are going to school, and I'm not saying that black men don't need to do that. I'm just saying that that's the way things are, okay? Um, I think that black men need to recognize the power that black women have right now in their ability to get some things done. Let's face it, dog, you and I are planning a retreat, as well mm-hmm. as we're planning other retreats and workshops around the country. It's very difficult to get a bunch of men together to do stuff like that. These women will spend an hour on the phone with a couple of the other uh, uh, you know, sorority sisters or business <laughs> partners, and in an hour, they'll have a retreat ready to go next month. Yeah. Okay. With these, a waiting list of people wanting to go. With waiting list of people. These black women, a black guy would be <laughs> struggling for two, three hours on a computer trying to put together his resume. Black woman will be like, you know what, honey, let me see this thing for a minute. Okay? <laughs> you laughing, but I know plenty of black women who they have watched their husbands struggle on a $40,000 a year job, and she'll say, honey, let me see your resume. Let me go talk to some people. And then you look up, and he's going to interview for an $80,000 job. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I think that in certain regards, black men need to get past the <laughs> idea that they're going to be able to be with a June Cleaver, that he's going to be War Cleaver, and that she's going to be June Cleaver, and and everything's going to be set in the 1950s. I'm the breadwinner. Things are going to be fine. No, bro. You're not you there. Talk- you talked about it earlier that 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 toxic shame of a yes. feeling that you
1: you're inadequate
0: right so i think that we need to have a come to jesus meeting with ourselves about our inadequacies <laughs> and recognize use what's working don't try to reinvent the wheel because your ego don't want to small up don't you know your ego don't want to want to want to be erased you know cuz you, you don't want to address that stuff I I talk, I talk about this all all the time. Vulnerability
1: is not a bad word. If you just allow yourself to just, you know, to, to accept where you are and be willing to step out there and ask for some help. Right. These women are doing it.
0: Yeah, they're doing it. So now that answers one part of your question. So now let me go to the other side. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the other side is this. I believe that in some ways men are capitulating to the conversation. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, and I'll tell you how and why. When we ask people on social media, publicly, privately, what are some good aspects of traditional masculinity? And we get no answers. We get no answers from anybody. Y'all can be on social media, y'all done made a comment about Cardi, y'all done talked about the All-Star game, okay? Mm-hmm. Y'all have talked mm-hmm. about about the Colin Kaepernick deal that he signed. You have talked about everything you've done this weekend. You have talked about the new blah, blah, blah. You talked about Jay-Z and and Meek Mill and what they're doing for uh, unjustly incarcerated people. Y'all have talked about all of this stuff. But when it comes to you being asked what's the traditional aspect of toxic masculinity and having the conversation publicly, y'all run. OK, are y'all going to wait till y'all get in the only man space to talk about what's traditionally masculine and good? No, these women need to hear what's traditionally masculine and good, too. Stop being afraid. Stop yeah. letting what you see in the news and on the Internet say, oh, we can't talk about this publicly. That's not going to fix anything. So I hope that that <laughs> answers the other part of the question. <laughs> quite, quite distinctly, I might
1: add. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, I, I, there's a lot of questions. Even some of the posts that, that you put in, in, in our group, the barbershop group, you know, there's a lot of women that that comment on, on a lot of the topics when it comes to topics about men. But we sit back and I would assume are just reading the comments and afraid to, to actually say something. Scary. You know? Just scared to scared to speak your (laughs) truth, even though your truth may not be popular it is your truth. And you've got to be brave enough to put yourself out there and then be be, be able to defend that
0: be able to defend it. That's right. You know, and that's
1: that's not being toxic. That's just like that's being assertive. That's that's taking a stance.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's who you are. And you, you heard me say earlier when we were talking that you have to be able to address the whole man and not part of the man. Mm -hmm. And and if, and and men, we have to be able to look at our whole selves and not just part of ourselves, right? That's really, really important. One of the things that I'll share with you guys from Buddhism, the Buddhist philosophy is there can be no duality. That duality is a very dangerous concept and for a lot of us come from social understandings where nothing but duality exists we come from religious understandings but where nothing but duality exists we come from gendered understandings where it's all about duality (laughs) right we come from experiential understandings where it's all about duality it's either good or it's bad it's nothing in between or it's or it has to be somewhere in between when guess what it doesn't necessarily have to be any of that you see And so I think that that's something that when you try to understand that a little bit, it helps you come to terms with how you feel, what you think, and know that your thoughts can change, right? But if you don't say anything at all, right, I mean, you know, in a year, everybody's going to be knocking on everybody's door, telling them to get out and vote right that's coming up yeah that's coming up if you can get on your social media and you can go door to door and you can remind your family (laughs) put stickers up in your car about voting right you got to be able to stand up for yourself and say hey this is what i think this is how i feel i'm still in the process of growing and changing and learning Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i mean i'm gonna say it on a men's podcast have some balls there you go there you go okay Have some balls. And uh it just has to be said, Doc. So again, guys, you all have been listening to myself and Dr. Reginald Cunningham. Portraits of men. Sometimes those portraits are not all beautiful. We hope that they are. I believe that they are all beautiful. Uh portraits of men. And you get to really, really hear, man, real thoughts. Real thoughts. Not the the politically correct stuff, not the rehearsed stuff. Um, some of the stuff we do talk about offline, you know, off air, but, um, it's important that we do something other than just be force fed what's coming out in, in the media. Right. Cause all you're going to see is left and right. <laughs> that's, that's what you're going to hear left and right. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you got your own thoughts. So one of the things that we encourage you guys to do is, uh, you know, send us emails you can send us an email at info at thebarbershopgroup dot org. You an email to Dr. Reggie at reginald at thebarbershopgroup dot org. Ask questions, make comments, man. Don't be afraid. Thoughts of things, and things do change. It's okay, um, but it's very important that your voice be heard. It we really want is. you to. Yeah, man. You 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 guys out there, stop being quiet because. I think I said this to you all before, you know, all around the country, we have gender studies programs at universities and even where those programs are run by and largely taught by men, even where they're taught by men, Dr. Cunningham, you don't have men taking those classes. No, not at all. Isn't that something? And it's like, well, what are you doing? You can't get mad that somebody has developed a perspective or opinion about (laughs) men when you have just sat on the sidelines. Go. you haven't offered anything you see or are you going to offer it what you do you know you and him yeah we talk we blah 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 this and that but what is that yeah you yeah, still we, we, we got to become
1: got, right got to become more 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 in, in our thoughts feelings and right. our judgments of things because believe it or not you have something to say you know yeah when it especially when it's coming from a good place you have something to say and there's somebody out there that needs to hear whatever it is you've got
0: to say that's right absolutely absolutely well doc you know we're running short on time hey guys listen up a few announcements for you all okay Um, um a few announcements so firstly again make sure that you check out dr reginald cunningham uh on instagram and facebook and, uh, you know, he's also one of, the, uh, one of the contributing authors to a fabulous book called Black Therapist Rock. It's an anthology filled with a lot of therapists around the country, filled with their personal and professional experiences in therapy. Very, very good book to check out because, you know, therapists are out there, man. Therapists of color are out there and they're talking, they're doing some heavy, heavy legwork, heavy lifting for you all now. Um, the next thing that we have for you is this we are currently currently looking uh to uh to get some uh, some interns to get two interns exactly i can tell you guys this we're looking for someone to take on some of the production um some of the production tasks for the show and we got some other things in the works here and uh social media uh marketing campaigns also uh something that we need we're going to be starting that pretty soon okay uh, Dr. Resnall Cunningham and I, we are putting things together for a Coffee House Conversation there in Maryland, uh, and it'll be a workshop where men are able to attend, and uh, we can do some group work, man. We can do some group work. We can have some conversations together, and it'll be be—it'll uh, be fun, it'll be um, cathartic, it will be serious, uh, it'll be all of those things the same way that you have heard here, but we think that it's great to have you guys face to face. So. Um, if you have not signed up for alerts on our website, go to www.thebarbershopgroup.org and sign up for the alerts and sign up for our social media uh, posts too because they'll come out that way as well. We don't want you to miss these things because it'll be, it'll be limited attendance uh, for, for it. Also, we are also uh, planning our retreat in North Carolina um, with uh, Dr. Damon Silas and that'll be coming up in the spring. Stay tuned for that date. Uh, We're getting ready to release that date pretty soon. And uh, again, that'll be a nice event to uh, to attend. If you're not familiar with Dr. Silas, uh, Dr. Silas has done a lot of work with grief and anxiety. Um, He also uh, speaks about some non-traditional aspects of therapy and healing, which I think that that's something that's good for a lot of African American men. Uh, And then also we're coming up on our time <clears throat> for our retreat in in miami florida with uh whitney with whitney goodman who is a uh, couples therapist there and an addiction specialist and i gotta tell you guys if you all are not following whitney on social media you're missing out because every day she puts out some heavy stuff for you that you can uh take back to your partners and just pull to the side man and think about it really good stuff for you to for you to check out okay so those are some of the announcements that i have for you um, always, always keep us in mind when you're thinking about donating, you can visit www.patreon.com that's patreon.com backslash the barbershop group, uh, to make a contribution to us. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. So if you know any men or women out there, uh, who need to hear messages like this, by all means, um, you know, send them, send them the podcast, send them the website, get them involved. Uh, if you like to be involved, if you think that you've got um, got some 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 acumen, if you're ready to jump on the mic over here and and share your story with everybody, by all means, contact us. You know, we can pull you into an interview with Dr. Cunningham. I think that that'd be a great thing, and uh, you know, just kind of get your get your voice out there, man. So uh, we appreciate you all listening tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Be well on uh, this Monday evening, and we'll talk to you soon. Transforming gender norms, enriching mental health, engaging in social support. These are the goals of the YB Men Project, a social media intervention created specifically for young black men. To learn more about the YB Men Project, visit us at YBMenProject.com. The YB Men Project is funded by the University of Michigan School of Social Work, the University of Michigan Depression Center, and the Steve Fund.
2: The Barbershop Group provides safe spaces for men to discuss issues of well-being and mental health. The Barbershop Group also serves as a resource to the community, providing consultations and public speakers through partnerships with attorneys, mental health professionals, family agencies, religious institutions, and other advocates. In the near future, The barbershop group seeks to renovate dilapidated residential and commercial properties in urban areas to create respite shelters for displaced men. We will also host mentorship retreats and workshops for young men and adults to foster growth through our Iron Sharpening Iron and our Rebuilding Men programs. In addition, we host a weekly podcast covering issues of mental health, homelessness, financial literacy. Education and leadership. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please email us at info at the barbershopgroup.org, visit our Facebook page, or call 313 585 9948 for more information.